Hi, everyone. This is Abhishek from ShakeTheCosmos.com. My guest today is Ray Vu, founder and CEO of Wind Technologies, where their mission is to bring clean air to people wherever they go. And I'm really excited to talk with him about his journey from corporate world to startup world, and also the pivots, the stories, and the future for his company. And we met through a mutual friend. And again, this is one of those moments where I have friends who are doing amazing things that I still don't know about their work life. So I'm excited for this conversation. And if you're listening right now, hit the follow button or subscribe button. And if you really like what this episode's all about, give me a five-star rating. That'll help me out in the organic search results. Thanks so much for being on the show, Ray. Really excited to talk with you. Super excited to be here, Abhishek. Awesome. Well, so can you just give a little bit of background about you for listeners? Sure. I'll take, uh, I guess, starting way back, I was born in another country. I was born in Beijing uh, and came here following my parents when I was five. They were coming here for a better life and uh, to get their grad school degrees. <clears throat> and we moved around a lot. Uh, started in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, Twin Cities, all the winters and summers, um, extremes. Um, did that for six years. Moved to California, where it was much sunnier, um, and then went to school on the East Coast, which was, I think, how we initially met. Um, I went to MIT, uh, wanted to be an engineer um, and scientist majored in electrical engineering and computer science. Um, I had also at the same time a fascination with business and I started a couple companies while uh, on campus, including these are probably kind of dumb ideas back then. I started a campus kind of e-store and an ad tech company. Um, but then uh, when I graduated, I, um, well, those, I should say those failed. Uh, but when the, when I graduated, I wanted to also, um, look onto the business side, um, and, and learn more about business. Um, uh, and so I went to McKinsey for a couple of years doing, you know, called the management consulting route for, uh, fortune 500 companies. Um, and then moved over to, uh, doing finance, doing technology, uh, investing, um, at a company called Silver Lake, uh, where it was really interesting. I got to see a lot of, um, different industries in the technology landscape. I got to apply my kind of technology hat, but also the business hat. Um, and I did that for a much longer time than I thought, about five and a half to six years. Um, and the reason why I quit um, a pretty great career track there um, was I just had the startup bug. I wanted to eat ramen and uh, just maybe torture myself, uh, but I wanted that experience. I wanted to, you know, do something that I can completely control, um, which is why I started Wind about five years ago. That's awesome. And you mentioned that um, you know you switched from a great career and to this world of ramen and this, uh, startup world. So, and you said you said you called it hard. Um, what was what was hard about that piece? Like, what were some of the what was that like? Yeah, you know when you when you're working in a corporate world at a company that's already got things pretty established, right? Um, uh, the path to success at that company, um, in many ways, because people have done it before, um, it's there, it, it's, it's kind of mapped out for you in some ways, right? You, you, you know what you need to do to 
be a good, you know, middle level management, upper level management person, climb the ranks. Uh, but at a startup, um, while there are other successful startups, obviously, like every every startup journey is so unique. You can't really recreate that path. It's like it's like living that hero's journey where he meets this person and then he sees this, you know, uh, setting and he comes up with this idea and builds his team. Like every every startup journey is so different. So I feel like the challenge is, um, you know, the uncertainty, the, um, maybe the, the number of different options you can go. Whereas in the corporate life, um, it's, it's very stable, right? It's kind of comforting. Whereas startup life, you're actually, you have to be okay with that uncertainty. And and in some ways, like, I guess it's also mapped to the risk reward. Like you could have great reward, but you got to take a lot more risk than you would, you know, at a, um, established place. Totally. And I think the, and I've always thought about a little bit of sort of that switch also just how people are used to receiving a stable income every month and then it could get disrupted, uh, with this, with this, with this sort of leaving that, leaving that world. Um, what was, what was the reward on the other side that you were potentially excited about? Um, I, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the ramen every every day uh, eating the ramen in the startup world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, um, I I just had to quit um, a, a very good job um, because I wanted several things. I wanted um, a lot of ownership. Um, I wanted ultimate ownership, as in this is my own company, my own baby. Um, obviously, we still have you know, fiduciary duties to our investors and to obviously our customers and and to my team that I eventually built. But I, I, I found it, um, I guess just a lot more, um, you know, positive for, for me to, to know that like, whether I screwed up or I succeeded, it's, it's because, you know, I, I, I made those decisions rather than maybe, you know, listening to like a hierarchy. Um, and the second thing I would say is, um, I wanted to get back into tech and, and, and I know there are tech companies, but I was working at a, at an investment company and where we invested in the people who built things. I wanted to go back and build things. Um, I think when you, when I think back to why I went to MIT, um, I went there because I like science. I liked engineering. I programmed a lot. I built robots when I was in high school and I was getting further and further away from that path. Um, no matter what kind of money I was making, I, I wanted to sort of re- live that dream of having my own company that worked on building things. And so that was the, um, the, the second big kind of, um, aspect of it, um, that, that I wanted to follow. Yeah. And then when you wanted, when you kind of knew you had to follow this startup, uh, bug and what, what kinds of things you had to kind of start thinking about that you had to put in place, um, to be honest, when I, when I jumped ship and decided to start my own company, um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I think I just decided to quit cold Turkey. Um, I had some ideas. I had some friends who I was talking to, we would do hackathons on the side and whatnot, but I, I didn't really, I don't think I really planned everything. So I think my journey, I, I can't say I, um, necessarily had this big grand vision of how it would go. I just thought, you know, I should probably quit so that I could start. Otherwise I can never 
sort of pull myself away. There's always some, I think I was very, you know, driven to be responsible at my job. And I don't think I could be like full timing it and on the side, you know, really dedicating the right time to, to build something. Um, I don't know if that's the right strategy, but that's kind of how I was thinking as a 28 year old when I, when I made the, 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 the decision. And then when, when you, when you're sort of making this decision and you're about to jump ship or what, um, were there supporters that sort of came along the way that come to mind? Who were some of those people? Yeah. Or resources. Um, yeah. I, I think it's always good to surround yourself with people who they, 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 they'll, they'll tell you what they think, but the, at the end they love you and they, they support you. And, and at the time, um, you know, I made, I think two calls to people, um, before I decided to tell, uh, my team that I was, I was actually quitting. Um, one was my dad. Um, I think my dad, my, my parents both care a lot about me, obviously, but my dad is more like kind of the career person. And so I called him and I said, I'm leaving this really nice career and I'm going to do this thing where it's very uncertain. And he was very supportive. Um, and the second person is my girlfriend, now wife, who um, also really cheered me on. So um, after I talked to both of them, it was a pretty you know easy decision that I knew they had my backs. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, I think, uh, was there, um, would you do it? Would you do it again? <laughs> you know, I, so, so I think at that time in my life, it was the perfect time. Um, I didn't have any sort of people that I had to go take care of and think about like, Oh, I just got to, you know, make money for their livelihood or something. Um, I was single. I mean, I had a girlfriend, but, um, it was, it was about me, me, me. Right. And, and I think it's a perfect time because, you know, you can actually make those decisions. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier before this, uh, you know, discussion, you know, uh, with, with, with now a family, like a daughter, um, I don't know if I would totally make the decision as easily. Right. Um, it's not that like, I can't support her, you know, as, as a startup, I think you definitely can. And that's what we are doing, but um, you just think a little bit differently when you have to take care of other people, because it's not, you know, this whole journey isn't for the faint of heart. Um, um, so I'm glad I made the decision when I did before I like got married and had a kid and maybe more to come. <laughs> totally. I mean, um, you know, kind of thinking a little bit more why it's, why is it not for faint of the heart? Like what, what are some like, um, you know, one or two sacrifices that kind of come to mind that you think back and that is, is it, um, that, that kind of st stand out and make it harder. Yeah. I, I mean, there's the obvious stuff, like there's the, the money part. I mean, at a startup, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're likely not going to make as much, um, at least upfront. Um, and maybe, maybe there's nothing in the back either. Uh, you know, there's always that uncertainty and, and for sure you're not going to have as many creature comforts financially. Um, the other part is time, you know, when, when you work at a company and whether it was at my you know, first company at McKinsey or, um, at Silver Lake, like you get, you get vacations, you're expected to take vacation. Um, as the CEO and co-founder, I haven't taken a single day of vacation in five years. Um, I mean, I've traveled with family to places, but then I pull up my laptop and, you know, go to work half the time. Um, back 
when I was at the previous companies, you know, we look forward to like Christmas, we go on a two week, one or two week vacation, right? Summertime, same thing. Like that never happens now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's just different. And I think, uh, I'm not saying it's better uh, or worse, uh, because, you know, I do get to experience, you know, I, I've been on so many more life journeys, I guess, um, including some with my family. Um, I had visited a lot of countries for work and then brought a, brought like, you know, my wife along, um, got to visit, you know, parts of the world where I saw relatives, for example, that I maybe wouldn't have. Um, so, you know, uh, but, but it is, it is different. And I guess maybe it's like a trade-off around time as well. Totally. And, um, I can, um, it's, it's amazing that you've had, you, you're, it's, you know, it sounded like you are living and breathing that startup life. And I want to talk a little bit more about your work itself. And so, you know, learning a little bit more about Vince technologies, the pivots, the stories. So, you know, from the website and from what I've gathered, you know, things like what we breathe matters. And your mission is to bring clean air to people wherever they go. And uh, so what was the types of product testing you had to do along the way to know the product is validated and should be scaled? Because that uh, you just, you know, you mentioned that you had several ideas and you were trying to test things out. Yeah. Um, um, before I answer that, maybe just a quick, like, step back on on why we started this company and and, and why totally. we went into the technology and the products we did. So, um, as I mentioned, I was born in Beijing. And um, around 2003, I uh, started going back to China because um, my dad actually moved back there. And I would visit him um, once or twice a year. Uh, and I had other relatives too, but this was all in Beijing. And I remember going back there and like the first time was in the winter of 2003. And I go back and it's obviously cold and there's this fog, but it's different from the fog that you would normally see. Cause I mean, being in California, sometimes you get, you get, you know, the thick fog as well. Uh, that fog you could taste, you could smell. And, and that was really weird to me. I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, you know, the, 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 the media and all the, you know, people talked about it as if it was like a weather pattern. Um, but as I go back every single year from 2003 through my college days, like it just became like, okay, this is definitely something that is way worse than like a weather pattern. It, it, that fog like kills people, you know? Um, and, and it's not just in that city. It's like in many, many parts of the world. Um, and I think I've always thought about it. Um, I never like, until obviously when I started the company, I never thought, let me go do something about it. I think it took a little bit of maturity for me to connect the dots. Um, but, but, um, because I saw that it affected so many people, um, I wanted to get into that industry. I wanted to help it. It had to do with my family, it had to do with, um, kind of what I, I felt passionately about. Um, and in terms of product, you mentioned like kind of testing and the products, like we, 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 we view this air quality problem in a, system system type of way so it's not about like one type of thing that we make um, we think you need three things right you need to be able to understand the air quality so that's that has to do with measuring so so we got into sensors um, our team actually has some of the leading environmental sensing uh, experts um, we think um, in the world um, and that we actually invented our own sensors that are uh, much more accurate, much cheaper, and can measure things that nobody else can measure. Um, things like mold and 
um, you know, different kinds of smoke, smog, um, even things that have to do with COVID, like aerosols. Um, and then the second piece is like when you have the sensing, you have to interpret that data. Most people don't communicate like a scientist. You have to communicate it in ways that the everyday person can easily understand, um, give them the recommendations so they can, you know, uh, make their homes better and their offices cleaner and healthier. Um, so we got into the software side and the data side of things. And the last part, which is, I think, um, what most people know us about, um, know us for, I guess, is the purification. So like, you've got to have a tool and a solution to make the air cleaner. If you, if you, our, our approach has always been that if we find a problem, we have to be able to take care of it for you. And so if it's a, let's say it's an air pollution problem because of particulates, then there has to be some type of, you know, air purification via, you know, our true path of filter or something like that. Um, so we get, so we do all three, I guess, I guess that's my point. We, 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 we all three. They all work together. We often, our products are packaged in a way that it's, it seems like one product that has all three of these pieces to it. Right. Um, and in terms of the testing, I mean, um, we do a lot of testing ourselves. We do third-party testing. Our customers do testing and we have some pretty, you know, um, big customers that are, uh, um, call it companies that would do a lot of validation before they work with us. Um, and so, uh, we, we, we definitely, uh, want to make sure products are effective. Um, I guess being a bunch of MIT guys, uh, we have four on our team. Um, we, we do sometimes get overly crazy about how we test it. Um, but, but we definitely want to uh, make sure that the products work and that we deliver something that is, um, not just nice looking, but like actually does something for your health and will be. And then you, you mentioned, uh, um, this, this sort of going, going, focusing on this personal mission, uh, what helped you kind of focus, uh, and bring clarity that, Hey, this is, this is something that's, you know, I've been observing since 2003 and uh, I should now focus on this, uh, this, this problem and help people. Yeah. So, so our, our perspective is, um, air quality is something that is important because, um, you know, you're actually just breathing in this air and if it's got bad stuff in it, whether it's pollutants, um, things that irritate you like allergens now, now obviously pathogens, like it's going to affect you. Right. But, but the other part of our uh, observation is that it's hard for you as a human being to, uh, to tell whether it's, like the air you're breathing is good or not. It, it just, it just, uh, by its very nature, air is generally invisible. Right. Um, and, and furthermore, I guess maybe the third piece is, um, we're, we're focused mostly on the indoor side of things where it's even more invisible, like outdoors, you got, you got like government weather stations and air quality stations that are increasing. I think that's a great thing. And there's some, uh, companies, private companies that are adding to that. Um, and so, you know, on Apple maps, you could pull it up and you can see on the bottom right corner, like this right next to weather, you see the AQI, the air quality index. Right. And, um, I think that's great. We, we, we love that trend, um, because it is important for people to understand the outdoors, but, um, when you go inside, which where you're spending 90% plus of your time, um, there is no easy way. Um, nobody's really making, that information available. It's not even, it's not even available. Right. Um, and so, um, so our mission is to try to help people understand the indoors 
um, call it at scale. I use that word loosely, but what I mean by that is providing technology that is so cheap that it becomes something that could be ubiquitous. Like every building, every home could just have that in their home. Um, it, it doesn't exist today, right? Um, most air quality types of monitoring, it's expensive. Uh, it can be $10,000 um, uh, with, with some companies. Um, and, and even if you go on Amazon, you know, those things cost hundreds of dollars, right? Um, that, that doesn't bode well for really at scale. Uh, and, and that's our mission to try to provide that information so people can make the right changes. And ideally in an automated way, like you don't, you as a homeowner might not need to do anything. Um, it's just part of the smart home of the future. Right. And so we have some really interesting discussions that go way beyond what we're doing today, but, but hopefully can make its way into everyday life, um, in the coming, you know, um, quarters and years. Totally. And then, you know, it, it makes me think sort of like you're also, it almost adds like a, um, another sense for somebody like if I can't see my air, I can't, but, but I, now this lets me sort of feel my air better in, in a way I can, uh, um, have a better experience wherever I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like part of, so, so, so one, one thing I realized, um, as a startup guy, um, is it's one thing to make the product and we've got to obviously invent the things that, 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 are differentiated can solve problems. The other, the other part is to really understand like the customer and, and their needs, right? We're all human beings with, with part logic and part emotion. And, and, and I think the, the point I'm trying to get across is on the, on the go to market side, that's equally important. Um, when, 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 when we say, when we use the phrase like clean air, wherever you go, um, part of the emotion that we ourselves want, right. Is that like we, as as an individual, we want to be our best, right? We want to, we want to, we want to have this like self-actualization that we can be our best. And with, with air quality, with this invisible potential problem, it like sometimes inhibits you from doing that, right? Like right now, many parts of the, the world, we're like stuck at home. Like we're not being our best when we can't go around and, and, and actually exercise and, you know, go to school and go to work. Right. Um, and, uh, and that's a big problem. And so, um, we actually, like, if you look at our first, I don't know if I'm getting too detailed, but if you look at our first video, our product video, it was for like this personal product, right? It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a personal purifier, but, but the, the video wasn't necessarily just about this product. It's about like the theme that we actually wanted to capture. I never told anybody this by the way, but the theme we actually wanted to capture was like, everybody is their own, wants to be their own inner super superhero, right? Like their own Superman, superwoman. Like, like you want to be that person that can do everything, be healthy, be very intellectually curious, um, right? Like be a good mom or a good friend, good sibling, whatever it is, right? Um, and sometimes there are things that inhibit that, right? And and for us, like we're not gonna solve every problem in the world. We, we focus on the environment, but like your environment sometimes inhibits you from doing that. You might get allergies, you might get sick, you might suffer from debilitating things related to poor air quality, which happens in a lot of places. Um, and so we wanted to like help you with that. And we want to enable you to get a little bit closer to be that like superhuman, um, you know, person that you wanted to be. Um, so that's kind what of, changed um, that? Part what, of motivation. What, uh, 
so then originally, you know, the what started as a personal and then uh, what changed or what didn't go as expected or uh, that let oh, you allow yeah. uh, for some of the innovation to start happening? Yeah, well, well, there, there's a lot of uh, questions in there, um, but 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 in terms of like what didn't go as expected, like I uh, like everything was unexpected. I mean, we we definitely um, had a lot of things that we you know could celebrate and say these are big milestones uh, from whether you call it like technology innovation to product launches that went pretty well to customers telling us how much they loved it to adding really awesome people on our team. But along the way, also there have been many, many challenges as well. I mean, I, I, um, you know, there's that TV show that everyone like points to, you know, Silicon Valley, right. It's, uh, it's, it's obviously like a little bit exaggerated, but not that much exaggerated. I think, um, I think every entrepreneur can relate to stories there. Um, we've definitely had, you know, technical challenges. We've had team challenges. We've had, you know, um, go-to-market delays and, uh, you know, operational issues, like everything, you know. Um, and so these are, I think, the right attitude that our team, hopefully, um, you know, we, we all share is that we, we, we see it as a problem-solving um, thing and a learning experience. Um, but, but yeah, there's been tons of things that didn't go as expected. And, the, and you know, we're now we're in the pandemic mode and you, you started touching a little bit on some of that. Um, but like what's been impact of COVID on the business and how's, how has it changed your thinking? Yeah, I think first and foremost, our, our goal at the, at the crisis, uh, when it started earlier this year was to make sure that our, uh, that our team is, is um, healthy and safe. Um, we we uh, started working from home way before it was mandatory to do so. Um, we made sure as I think we were. I'm very proud to say this. We didn't have to do any um, layoffs. Um, obviously, there are, there are financial challenges and whatnot, um, and everyone was thinking that the world was going to fall apart. Um, um, but we've kept it together. And in fact, we've actually added people, um, over the course of this year. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we, I, I guess my point is the first and foremost thing is we want to take care of our team, make sure that everyone's safe and, and taken care of. Um, I think the second part around COVID is, um, I think it just really accelerated the education of like what we're trying to do, even though COVID is not something we ever dreamed was something like we had to go help on this year, but it has to do with air, right? Because in part it's transmitted mm -hmm. via the air. Uh, people talk about aerosols and droplets, um, those things that float in the air. Um, that is uh, definitely um, uh, in some ways an air quality problem, because if you are in a place that has, let's say poor ventilation, that doesn't do the right amount of filtration for the aerosols and droplets, um, you know, that could mean people have a higher likelihood of getting sick. And so for us, um, you know, it's definitely, I would say it's definitely been positive for evangelizing our mission, um, for business. I mean, it's, it's been good as well. Um, we're not trying to like take advantage of the situation. And the way I see it is like, we have something that can help people in terms of monitoring for health and safety about, you know, the air quality. Is it, is it well ventilated? Is it properly, you know, filter, uh, filtered, 
um, both residential and commercial. And so let, let's go out there and, and, and try to do that. Right. And then um, also on the purification side, if um, people need like localized air purifiers, it's something we, um, we we've um, helped a lot of people with as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think the the and, you know, I, I, it just feels like there's some thought leadership that's starting to take place in this space from you guys on uh, with the COVID stuff. And people just I feel that people just want to know more about their air. Uh, they're yeah. more aware of like, oh, this this has a very direct impact on my yeah. living being. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of the things that I can talk about now because we started um, introducing this product and we're going to um, do a lot more, um, call it, uh, um, you know, news about uh, about this launch. But basically, um, as as our society reopens, um, um, people will want to know, like if I, when I'm going back to school or sending my kids to school or going back to work or even traveling and staying at a hotel, they want to know, is this place um, safe? Is Are they doing enough to keep me healthy, keep me safe? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you can't like 100% guarantee that nobody ever gets anything. Um, but there are many things you can do around the air, including better ventilation, including um, making sure that, you know, things are filtered, um, through higher density filters, um, um, making sure that like, there's not this accumulation of people's, you know, aerosols and spaces and tight spaces and whatnot. Um, um, and so, um, we're introducing a validation program, um, that can easily, um, basically prove that, uh, this restaurant, this hotel, this office space is, um, is as optimal as it can be. You know, um, and a that can help people get more comfort, and b um, for the business that can help them with the reopening. And not, as as we all know, a lot of businesses are struggling, and they and they want to reopen, but they want to do it safely, right? So um, we can be part of that toolkit for them. Totally, it all, all also feels like a sort of a full cycle where you uh, when you started, you wanted to really help individuals as well. And now you're just really multiplying that to a commercial scale uh, with this upcoming uh, is it, would you call a service or a product, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we um, we we started on the consumer side. We have um, um, a growing community that we we um, are very devoted to. Uh, at the same time, we are expanding um, in partnerships with um, the commercial side as well. And and there's some really exciting updates on that that um, that you'll probably see in the coming months um, around hotel partnerships and. Uh, commercial office space and um, medical offices, daycare centers slash education, where um, um, hopefully you'll be seeing us um, helping make sure that those spaces are as um, healthy as possible for for reopening. I love that. And then um, as we're sort of wrapping up, um, you know, are there what's what's next for you um, or um, what are you most excited about? Um, yeah, I, I think um, you know we're we're very vertically focused on one thing, which is which is the um, air quality, um, and so there's a lot more we can do there. Um, on on the sensing side, you know, we want to be able to measure more things that matter to people um, for their health, for their safety, um, right? Um, so there's more more types of things that we're going to be measuring, uh, and obviously making it easy still to interpret those. We're not going to give you like a science report, um, that people can't interpret. Um, there are other ways we can help you clean those, those, um, those issues. And so we're, we're doing research there as well. 
Um, and then in terms of the go-to-market side, I mean, we, um, um, we're very ex- excited that we're, you know, in, in a number of channels already, you can find us in like the Apple store, Best Buy on our website. But, um, on the commercial side, as I mentioned, we will, we'll, um, hopefully start announcing some really cool partnerships, um, where we can scale with, um, with, you know, uh, those other settings, um, outside of the home as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that as well. Awesome. Some exciting things happening. And if you're listening right now, go check out hellovind.com. It's the, it's in the podcast description as well. So thanks so much, Ray, for being on the podcast. Of course. I'm really excited you're doing this podcast. I'm a huge fan. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week.